Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. I'm here with my co-host Greg. My name is Ryan. Greg, say hello. Good evening, everyone. Oh, very nice. Uh, welcome to the trade deadline edition of the Blue Shirt Breakaway. This is going to be a very interesting one. We have later our friend Jeff coming on to talk about uh, the trade deadline in general, along with the state of the Eastern Conference. Uh, but today, I really want to start things off by talking about the Eric Stahl trade, and I want to get your thoughts about him right away. Let's get started. Well, yeah, I mean, to get our Phil Simms moment out of the way quick here, we did talk about this a little bit yesterday. On paper, it seems like a very good deal. Uh, everything you would – I'd stop short of saying everything you want because you and I, how many weeks have we talked now that the Rangers' biggest weakness is their defense, and they went out and addressed getting a top six forward, which, yeah, they needed as well, but I don't – think a knowledgeable Ranger fan was sitting around their house yesterday afternoon thinking to themselves, you know what is the one thing that will get the Rangers over the edge? It's another forward. It just it wasn't the case. But at the same time, if you're going to get a player as talented as Eric Stahl for two second-round picks and a prospect that comfortably fell outside the top five among most people in the know talking about the Rangers system, hard to say no. I, you can't complain about it. It's a good deal for the Rangers. It makes them better. And when Rick Nash gets healthy, you now have you have a lot of good forwards. You have a lot of good forward combinations. You now have to ask the question of, do you break up the line of Miller, Broussard, and Foss? Because you got to put Stepan, Nash, Stahl, and Zuccarello somewhere. One of those four cannot play on the third line. That's outrageous. So, yeah, I, I mean, on paper, it's a great deal. It just did it address the Rangers' biggest need? And I, I'm not 100% sure that it did. No, I agree with you that it maybe not didn't do that. I think Dan Boyle has looked a little bit uh, older as of recently. Girardi, while he has been playing better, had some pretty bad turnovers in certain games. Mark Stahl obviously doesn't look like himself. So getting a defenseman would have been optimal for this Ranger team. That being said, the price we played, paid for Mark Stahl is pretty damn great. Sorella was only projected to be a, maybe a third-line forward at his peak he's 19 he's playing in the Finnish league right now uh he's not gonna be over for another couple of years in general we only get and then we gave him two second rounders uh, it's really they wanted a first and by the way there was rumors going around this week that it was gonna be Kreider and a first like I would have died I would have just jumped off a bridge like if we would have ended up doing that that's but this is the price I was I'm very willing to pay for Eric Stahl Eric Stahl actually has had seven straight seasons of 70 po- 70 points or more uh, with 45 goals and a 100-point season. I mean, the guy could play hockey. He just was on a bad team in Carolina where he obviously yeah. wasn't inspired anymore. He was the leader there, but they've been middling for years. Nothing's going on. He's coming out to a contender, yeah. and he's going to start playing. And you know what? There were no, outside of Dion Phaneuf, there was no defenseman traded with the kind of impact potential that Eric Stahl could get. And we're going to talk about this with Jeff later on the podcast. But the NHL deadline just doesn't provide you with so many options to trade for at the deadline. The big-name trades just don't happen in the NHL this time of year, which is why a trade like the Fanuf trade was so shocking. Um, like, outside of Stahl, your biggest names traded this deadline were Andrew Ladd, Chris Versteeg. These are good depth pieces, but these aren't guys that the acquiring teams are thinking – are going to become top three players on their roster. They're just there to help keep continuity throughout the entire line, make the team deeper. And this Ranger trade is 
I mean, think about it. The Rangers' third line now, Ryan, could be Chris Kreider, Jesper Foss, and Kevin Hayes. That's a pretty good third line. I want that all over my body every day forever. Like, that's that's exactly makes, what I want to hear. And it makes Oscar Lindbergh a healthy scratch. Like, that's kind of outrageous, too. Right. Well, Glass is going to be a scratch now, too, right? <laughs> Okay. He's playing well, Ryan. Okay. Get over I was just saying, he scored a goal this week. Um, <laughs> poor Glass. Uh, I did want to talk <laughs> about uh, Eric Stahl's numbers for this year. He's Right now, everyone was saying when we made a trade for him that he's, he's having a down year, and he certainly is. His numbers really don't look good. He's got 16 goals and 23 assists, and while that's not nothing anything to scoff at, he's obviously a star player from, from his team. Uh, but as I was talking about before this podcast with you, he has the – his second highest Corsi of his entire career at 56%. So his possession numbers are really good. Yeah. I, uh, I like that you brought up Corsi because I'm not a huge Corsi guy. Uh, and let me preface this. I talk a lot about baseball. I love war. War is one of the greatest statistical discoveries of my baseball fandom it helps quantify a lot of things you don't see going on but Corsi is supposed to be the hockey version of war however it's hard it's so much harder to break down individual nuanced performance in hockey than it is baseball because baseball is really an individual sport hidden by a team whereas hockey is really a team sport through and through. Like the the one good thing is the fact is Eric Stahl was playing with AHL quality players at some time in Carolina. He will now be playing with the likes of Matt Zuccarello, Derek Stepan, Rick Nash, JT Miller. Like the players around him are going to be so much better with the Rangers than they were with the Hurricanes. And what Corsi would suggest is he was playing at a rather rather elite level for him, but he did not have the type of players around him that would help utilize his talent. And in theory, that means he should be coming to the Rangers and be playing better. I just there's so much chemistry involved with hockey that might not be there in other sports that I I don't know I. I guess I'm skeptical of what Corsi shows, but at the same time, it does seem encouraging. Yeah, I totally understand, and I think uh, the statistics for hockey still have a long way to go. Uh, They're obviously way behind the NBA and the MLB, but hockey is just so hard to quantify. Uh, So I don't think statistics will ever do a great job predicting hockey, but I would say that this is uh, the Corsi numbers for Eric Stahl do look like they're in our favor. And this guy's going to come into this team uh, with something to prove, knowing. And I, sure. and uh, by the way, I seriously believe the team he wanted to go to was the Blackhawks, and then the Blackhawks made, uh, made their trade for Lad. No the, re- no, the report out there yesterday was Eric Stahl told Hurricane Management he's only accepting a trade to the Rangers. It says yesterday, Lad was like last week, right? And he, uh, uh, Eric, I think Lad was Friday. Okay, it wasn't it? Wasn't the two trades weren't? I think they're. But either way, I think. Eric Stahl made it clear, just like Marty St. Louis made it clear a couple of years ago, that if he was going to be traded, he wanted to go to the Rangers, and he wasn't going to accept a trade to another team, which is also why the Rangers 
kind of got them on the cheap because the Hurricanes didn't have um, leveraging power over them. I, the I Rangers totally agree. Stahl wanted to come to New York, and Stahl wanted to go to New York, and the Rangers were like, here's our best offer. You can take it or you could leave it. Right, and and that I'm glad they took it. That being said, I really uh, Eric Stahl was actually reported as saying there was like very few teams he would go to, and I honestly believe it was the Blackhawks and the Rangers, and once the Blackhawks got lad, they didn't care about getting him anymore, and that's why we were able to get him for so cheap. Just, sure. j- just one one's man's opinion. That's it. Just my opinion on the on the deal, uh, but I, I secretly think that's what happened. So I'm I'm happy with this trade deadline. I'm I'm glad we made a move. I glad we didn't sell the farm. Jeez, I would have. I don't know what I would have done. And well, uh, I mean, Buknovich wasn't going anywhere. Kreider wasn't going anywhere. Grupp wasn't going anywhere. And the Rangers didn't really have any hugely desirable pieces after those three. Yeah, no, I know. I I get that. Um, that being said, I know I did say on this podcast that I would like to trade Keith Yandel, but this team, the more I watch him, he's too important. I know. Yeah. He's too important. His passes are money. They're just money all the time. He's such a good offensive passer just like on the ice. And he just sees the ice so clearly that getting rid of him, because I, this might be our, it's not gonna be our last cup run, but this is our last like real good chance together like we're not gonna have Eric Stahl or Yandel after this year unless Yandel takes a huge discount and I Yandel is not taking a discount Stahl might but Yandel will not I I totally agree but we're not gonna have this kind of talent again it's just we won't everyone on this team is taking a discount right now everyone after this year is getting paid JT Miller's getting paid Kreider's getting paid Hayes is getting paid Yandel and and Stahl are leaving and we're keeping two overpaid defensemen who are playing up to their uh, contracts. So this is our last, this is the Rangers' wild last ride, and it sucks because I, I think there's a lot of good teams. Like, last year when we were playing, I could literally say to myself, like, wow, the Rangers are the best team in the NHL right now. Uh, this year I look at the NHL and I go, holy shit. <laughs> like, what? It's going to be a tough ride. But I, 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 I would disagree that this is... Yeah. I would disagree that this is the Rangers' last quote-unquote run, just because... Oh, I don't think it's the last run. Tank. I think... Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree. as long as they have Hank, and as long as Hank is in his playing up to what we've been accustomed to, the Rangers are always going to have a chance. No, I know, but Hank, you know, with that point, Hank turns thirty-four tomorrow. Happy birthday, Hank! Um, uh, but that be, you know, he is is going to get older. They, he's obviously an all an all timer goalie, so he'll probably keep his prime until like thirty-seven, which is incredible. Um, but you know, this team isn't going to be getting better because we won't have the cap space. We'll be cap. We'll be strapped for cash. And we'll, all these players who are excellent players are just going to leave or we're going to have to pay them. And we can't sign anyone else. So I think like, while this isn't our last run, I think we'll be in the playoffs for years to come. I think we have a really good organization. That's actually brought stability for the first time in a long time. We're not just going out and buying people, but uh, this, this is our last group run with like a really good, uh, cap management, I want to say, because uh, well, it's not great cap management. We're really using our cap to the full potential here. Does that make any sense? Yeah, they maxed it out the best they, yeah, they maxed out the best they could. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's. A, I don't know if I'm just rambling, but this just feels like uh, probably our last good shot. But the, the, with the Blackhawks and man, uh, the Capitals are going to be tough. That's all I'll have to say about that for now. But we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, let's move on to the uh, the recaps for this week. It was a, a pretty eventful week in Rangertown. Uh, the Devils game, which uh, obviously a crap show, uh, 
we ended up losing this game four to two. We came out firing in the first period. I we I think we hit the post like three or four times in the first five minutes. I was like jumping up and down like this. Let's go. Here we go. It's gonna be another Ranger great win. And then slowly the Devils creep back in, and JT Miller gets thrown out of this game for uh, having tape around his hands. And then everything goes downhill. And we end up losing four two. Greg's gone. Greg, you gone? Five two. Oh, 5-2. Uh, I'm here. Oh, 5-2. That's my yeah. bad. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what just happened. My computer crapped out for a while. I thought you went uh, mute on me, but no. uh, we're okay. okay. Everything's okay. Everything's good. I'll, I'll, I will edit this part out. But, yeah, so my bad, 5-2. And, uh, you know, this is a game that we I would consider a throwaway game, to be honest. While we have been without Rick Nash for a while, I understand that. Uh, we didn't have McDonough back in this game. He was still recovering. Uh, Shea played really well during this game before we're getting set back down. You know, he didn't, he wasn't actually lighting up the world, but he looked competent, like a Ranger that could definitely play on this team next year. And he will. Yeah, it was, you know, it, I think we talked about it being a trap game just because of who was on the schedule coming up afterwards. So I, it's not that the Rangers were overlooking the devils because it's a rivalry game. They play right across the river, but I think their eyes might've been on St. Louis and it might've been on Dallas before it was, focused on the team at hand. I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say, too. So, yeah, uh, that that's a... Losing the Devil game sucks, but it's, it's definitely a throwaway. It's not really something I'm worried about, and that team's going to start drowning out, and uh, they're going to be out of the playoffs now. We, I don't even think... We, I'm not sure if we see them there, again, actually. I think we see them maybe the Rangers, one more time. It, we can't act like the Rangers are supposed to run the table, so it... it you know, it's a game they probably should have won on paper, but you have bad games. They happen. It's just you got to get over it and move on. And you know what? I am very impressed with how the Rangers got over it and moved on. No, I totally agree. And th- speaking of moving on, they moved on to the Blues, who, frankly, outplayed the crap out of us in this game, but we ended up stealing it from them. Uh, Chris Kreider, even after the game, said to, I think it was John Genome, uh, who... He was like, you know, I don't know how he won that game, but man, am I glad we did. And Kreider had an amazing breakaway uh, after Hank saved actually a breakaway himself. Kreider had a good week. Uh, he's been playing a lot more like the player we thought he could become than he was earlier in the season when I would be on this podcast talking about possibly trading him, uh, which is great to see because the Rangers are definitely going to need it in order to make a deep run this year, even with the acquisition of Stahl and if Rick Nash gets healthy. Um, but yeah, every now and then, you know, great teams in the NHL occasionally win games they're not supposed to. And that's what the Rangers did against the Blues. No, that's exactly what they did. And uh, Henrik played amazing in this game. We, I mean, we got outplayed literally most of the game. They shot 36-23 to 23 on us. Their course, he was much better than us. Our penalty kill was a, was a pretty big problem, and even our best line had a pretty rough night, and our power play never converted, but we ended up sneaking this one out. Hank kept us alive in this game, and we had no business winning. And see, that's why you got to just keep believing in Hank. And He's you know, you have, to also, you have to also keep believing in Tanner Glass, who scored the goal, first goal of this game. Kept us in this one, buddy. I know. I'm so happy I ordered you that Tanner Glass authentic jersey. Oh, man. I would, <laughs> I would have to wear that everywhere. Uh, yes. Everywhere. Glass, Glass and Kreider are my two boys just keeping us in this one. Uh, it, was it, was, de- it, was, it was an ugly win, but again, great teams can win ugly games, and that's what the Rangers did. Right, and I, I'm never, ever, ever going to complain about two points. Unless someone nope. gets really, really hurt, then I will complain about two points. 
Uh, Even then, you can't complain about the two points. I can't ever do it. I can't do it. If I ever complain about two points, hang up on me. Um, I have my hand hovering <laughs> over the red button as we speak. Sounds amazing. Uh, speaking of teams that I didn't know we were going to beat or not, the Stars. This game was tough, too. Uh, that game. Yeah. And and I really think this is this is the game that solidified my thoughts on the Ranger team. I never really had doubts that this Ranger team could go far in the playoffs, but whenever we play a, a team that really I consider to be a measuring stick, we always step up, unless it's the Caps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we let one get away against the Blackhawks, too. But uh, That's true. Yeah, this was, this was an important week for the Rangers because of who they have coming up over their next three games. And you couldn't afford to have a bad week against the likes of the Devils, Blues, Stars, and we'll get to the Blue Jackets game as well. Can't afford to have a bad week against those four teams when you got the likes of the Penguins, Islanders, and Capitals on the immediate schedule coming up. Yeah, and uh, by the way, it's a shame that you're not going to be in the podcast next week, and we're going to talk about that a little later. But these three teams coming up, this is, is this our best rivalry week of the entire year? Well, I might just have to call in. Uh, I won't have a computer handy, but I might just have to phone in a friend. I think well, maybe maybe we'll figure something out. We'll have you uh, you on very quickly uh, next yeah. week. Uh, but which of these three teams are you most excited to play coming up? Always excited. Islander games are next level, right? Uh, okay, glad that, we agree. That at, that atmosphere, even though they're in the black hole that is the Barclays now. But uh, yeah, but we're actually something... playing at MSG this Sunday. There's something special about every Islander Ranger game, and that's what makes playing the Islanders so terrifying. Before we ever had a podcast, you and I were talking last year about who we would want the Rangers to play in the playoffs, and I kept telling people the last team I ever want to see in a seven-game series are the Islanders because they will just take it next level. It doesn't matter who they have on their roster. They see the Rangers. They see their big brother. They want to beat their big brother. They want to shut up what they view as an obnoxious fan base, and they're hungry every time they play the Rangers. And that's why Islander games will always have a different feel to them, and they will always be the most entertaining because the two teams just straight up, it's not, uh, dislike's not the right word to use. Um, they're fighting for the New York attention. That's, and that sometimes creates the best games. I totally agree. Actually, the last time we saw them, they ended up beating us 3-1. to one. So I'm hoping we can return the favor this time. Uh, John Tavares for them actually started out really slow, and people were worried about him. But I don't know why, because he all of a sudden has 50 points. So, Is that Johnny T, bro? He, and that's the best contract in the league. I don't care what anyone says. So. Uh, yeah, well, just always remind them that they once signed Alexei Yashin to like a 100-year deal with Rick DiPietro. I was just about to say Rick DiPietro, who's now an ESPN host. God bless him. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. I sometimes listen to their show, and I'm always like, why am I listening to this? <laughs> why are you listening? <laughs> I'm just driving in the car, and then I just turn on a podcast. Um, it's but Yeah, right? Uh, so anyway, let's move on. Since we talked about a little bit the Islanders, on th- this Thursday, we're, gonna, we're going to the Penguins, and then Friday, in a back-to-back, we're going to the Caps. That uh, is brutal. That is brutal. Does Ranta start in any of these games? Well, he started tonight, so uh, wouldn't surprise me, honestly, if he started against the Capitals. Yeah, me but, either. And I, I said this last time when we played the Caps. I don't mind playing Ranta against them. That team is, is on a mission. 
uh, they're going crazy. And if we will, I, I think we could beat them with Ronta. Actually, Ronta looked very sharp against the Blue Jackets, who we actually didn't end up talking about yet. Um, somehow we skipped that game. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone everyone just saw it. Derek Stefan is a magician in the third period on a shorthanded goal, and that's how the Rangers won. And then Ronta decided to make it very interesting in the last five seconds. That almost gave me a heart attack, and I'm sure it gave you one too. Classic, um, classic Ranger ending, but he looked really sharp at the glove tonight and actually pretty confident in goal. After, ga- after yeah. the game, he looked so happy. He was high-fiving Yandel. It was very adorable. My question is, since Ronta got the start tonight, does that set – AV up to letting Hank play a back-to-back? It might. It honestly might. Do you, I mean, I listen, I know Hank wants to play these next three games. That's, that's not like, not even a question at this point, right? It's just, will AV, if, AV let him? And these are, well, these are three teams the Rangers could theoretically be seeing in the playoffs at some point in time. So could literally see them it, in a row. Well, probably not, might, not in a row, but two of them. It might behoove um, AV to let Hank play these games just so he gets familiarity against the opponent. It's going to be a, a very tough week. I think uh, I think we end up beating the Penguins and the Islanders, but I think that Capitals game coming off a of back-to-back for us uh, is going to be, as, as they say, uh, hell on ice. It's going to be really tough. I, I think we'll lose that one. It's going to be close, though. That's just my prediction I, for this week. The Rangers, in my mind, need to beat the Penguins. Uh, the other two games are going to be slobber knockers, and I'm just not sure what to expect. No, yeah, I totally understand that. Uh, it's it's a tough one. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, how Sidney Crosby has been playing lately? Any moves the Penguins have made? I know they did a uh, like a prospect dump. They didn't really make anything big to move forward. I know we're going to talk with Jeff about the trade deadline stuff, but uh, this team that team doesn't really scare me. I think we have the uh, the Penguins number. I think the Islanders are going to be always tough, as always, as we said, and I think the Cats are going to crush us. Well, not to completely shut you down, Ryan, but instead I think that's a perfect tease for us to go to our interview with Jeff oh. where I address some Penguin stuff. Perfect. Uh, so I guess we'll just throw it on over there. Uh, before we head to the interview, and I know I, I know we say goodbye in there, uh, but I just want to thank everyone for listening and uh, dealing with our pronunciation over the past couple weeks. I promise we'll get better at that. Uh, and uh, we'll turn our cell phones off coming up. Hey, my cell phone is off right now, Very and I apologize. It was Andre Shevchenko, the soccer player, that I got confused with Vladimir Tarasenko, the hockey player. By the way, you were correct last week by saying te- uh, Tarasenka. Uh, this is incredible that that's true, but everyone calls him Tarasenko no matter what. Oh, no, no, no. I did not say that. One of our lovely Reddit uh, loyal listeners corrected us and gave us the history behind the name. That's I was calling him Tarashenko. I oh, was at okay. a there, there okay. where there shouldn't have been one. Okay, that's true. It's strange that there is an A at the end of that. Anyway, uh, hockey enunciation uh, aside, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you ever miss an episode, you can always check us out at com. And uh, eventually we'll do some social media stuff. And we have a nice surprise uh, for all you listeners out there at the end of the show. So stay tuned. We're going to throw it over to the interview on Jeff right now. Hey, welcome to our first interview ever. We have our good friend Jeff here. Uh, he's here to discuss the state of the eat. We're going to go over the trade deadline. And then uh, Greg might get a cell phone call or two. But we'll see how this goes. I turned my phone off today, Ryan. Yes. Thank you very much. Very good. Jeff, say Hello. Hello. Oh, perfect. He's an absolute regular on this show now. Uh, Jeff, why don't you talk a little about about your deadline, and Greg, why don't you tell him what to talk about? I can do both of those things. Perfect. 
Well, you guys haven't disclosed this yet, but I am a giant uh, Devils fan. No, yeah, we, uh, we were going to say anything. As well. Yes. No, no, we could we could <laughs> let the people know. We're just trying to be objective okay. on every everything. Yeah, I'm very happy happy from the Devils side of it. Um, I think they're finally realizing that they're not in playoff contention in any realistic manner. Uh, so they decided to sell pretty hard today, and I'm very happy with what they got back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan, you go first. No, no, getting a, a second and a fourth for Stepniak is quite the feat considering the Rangers last year literally cut him. Oh, no, he, he was fantastic. We, we signed him to a PTO in the offseason, so we literally got anything for nothing, like very low risk, high upside. He played great. He was our leading scorer as of the second that we traded him, which is kind of weird that a fan base is – so ecstatic to get rid of their leading scorer going down a playoff push. Um, but I think we got a good return from him from the Bruins. And, you know, I couldn't really ask for anything better from Shiro. So it's possibility signs in the offseason. And, you know, it's all gravy from there. Now, Jeff, uh, let's talk about some of the bigger deals. Obviously, we're going to start with the one the Rangers made, trading two second rounders and a prospect for the rental contract of Eric Stahl. I'm a little interested to see what you think about the trade because, again, you are – and, eh, I mean, you're fairly unbiased. You're a fan of hockey. You evaluate a good trade if you see it. So I do want to see what you think about the deal from your seat. Well, uh, I mean, I from the Rangers' perspective, I think it's a great deal. Like, you gave up very little for him. You get a veteran forward who adds depth to your top six. And dude's won a cup already. Dude's been a captain on a team. You know, had success in the past. Has, you know... He's just been through it. So, you know, when you're looking to make a playoff push, it's kind of like, I think I was talking to Ryan earlier about it, it's kind of like St. Louis 2.0 where, you know, you get the guy with the leadership and, you know, the success and, you know, he's just looking to rehash it and dude's got a brother in town. So I think it's going to work out pretty well for him. Do you really think he's going to be able to turn his game around, though? He has not played like Eric Stahl of old this season. He is 31. His best years could very well be behind him. Do you think a change of scenery is going to light that fire under him and be the player the Rangers need him to be? I mean, I, I feel like that happens with nearly every player with a new change of scenery. He's finally got something to prove. Carolina hasn't really been relevant for the past few years. They were kind of like in the mix a little bit in the middle of the season this year, but really not threatening anybody very much. Nobody was really afraid of them. Um, Devil put, Devils pushed him around a few times, and I was, honestly, watching those games, I was like, Carolina might be one of the worst teams in the league, regardless of columbus or buffalo or toronto or whoever you want to throw in there and i think now that he might have something to play for the dude's got the talent we know that the dude's had success he's he's been a scorer so you know it just if anything it adds more depth it takes a little bit of stress off of him he's no longer the top guy on the team he's got other top players around him who are producing and i I think he's going to thrive honestly i think it's a great move for the rangers whether or not it turns into later round success in the playoffs it's going to be very tough for them but i i mean you can't be upset with that move at all i think i just Who want to say that the... oh, sorry, oh, go, sorry, ahead, Ryan. This, go ahead this three-person interview is uh it's quite tough uh that being said i just want to say that eric Stahl's new nickname is the dude The dude. <laughs> you've called him that like 17 times already so now it's sticking uh, i for guess me. i say that a lot it's, stick, <laughs> it's, it's sticking for me so i'm going with eric Stahl, the dude Okay. Uh, but go on, Greg. Make your real point about hockey. <laughs> well, I was just curious, Jeff, who you think in the Eastern Conference improved the most? Either, well, from two perspectives. Who improved the most for this stretch run here? And who do you think 
bettered themselves the most for the future. Obviously, the Devils weren't the only team selling. The Columbus Blue Jackets made some deals today. Uh, who, who's better today for the rest of the season, and who's better today for the next however many years it takes to rebuild? I mean, honestly, I haven't been following the trade deadline ex- like extremely closely. Um, I think, the, like I said, the Rangers definitely made a good move. I'm not aware that the Capitals or you know, Florida or anybody really made any push to get closer to where, um, where the top of the East is at right now. But I think teams that are selling did a pretty good job. Like Toronto just you know, stockpiled draft picks. Devils are doing the same. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of that make-or-break thing where you're either going to realize that you're out of it and try and you know, build up for the future or you're going to try and get that top-of-the-line guy um, to push you forward. But the real problem is that trades just don't happen very often in the, in the NHL. It's like either you're selling off, you know, a free agent that's going to be at the end of the year just to get a few picks, or, you know, that guy who's really going to make the difference is really never even out there at the trade deadline. It's kind of it's kind of funny how the league works like that. Well, there were two players traded this year, but they moved westward that I think are going to make a bigger impact than even Eric Stahl will in the East, the first of which, of course, is Andrew Ladd going to the Blackhawks because that's really what the Blackhawks needed, another dynamic winger uh, that could help spread the game for them. But it was a pretty critical trade on their end, especially with Hosta possibly missing them a couple more weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm never really concerned with how the Blackhawks are doing at the trade deadline. They have such a, a fantastic base of talent. And then bringing up guys this year like Panarin, it's just – you know, they just they're just get so lucky all the time with that shit, and they really develop talent really well and surround them with, honestly, superstar great players that, you know, I'm, I'm never, they're never really a blip on my radar and, like, teams that I'm concerned about doing well at the trade deadline. And an under-the-radar move that, I, I, before we started recording, you may have not even been that aware of it, the Kings did add Chris Versteeg, who the Hurricanes moved out west as well, and really... I think that's one of the under-radar moves that come playoff time we're going to be talking a lot about because he just had so much versatility to that team, a team that's already making a hard run up the Pacific standings. And it's going to be interesting to see how he gels in, don't you think? Yeah, the, the Kings definitely have an interesting path to the playoffs and then the Stanley Cup potentially because all the power really seems to be in the Central and the Western side. So you got you know the Blackhawks and the Stars and the Blues – and meanwhile, out in the Pacific, the Kings are kind of standing on their own. I mean, are the Sharks really going to, you know, contend with them? You know, Anaheim's not really they're, – they're doing great in the past 30, I think. But, like, you know, I, I think the real that – That's my, just my opinion. I think Anaheim really sh- turned the ship around, and they're, they're yeah, a real I saw team something now. that they were, like, 22, 8, and 4 or something in their last 30 They were games. last place something. on Christmas Day. Like, they, oh, yeah, they – they started like shit, and then they were talking about firing the coach, but luckily they didn't do that. Obviously, they have a lot of top-line talent in Perry and Getzlaff and uh, Kessel. Uh, I'm sorry, Kessler as well. Um, but, you know, the Kings adding that little piece in Versteeg with Dowdy and Kopitar and Quick, you know, there can really be, you know, miles ahead of what Anaheim's trying to catch up with because Anaheim's doing a lot of work to get back into the playoff mix. I mean, they're there now, but... Um, they started really slow, so they, they might be worn out by the time the playoffs come around. Are you a little surprised the Penguins didn't try and do anything bigger 
than their previous move of adding a player like Carl Hagelin. Because this is a team that's been struggling all year round. A team that came in with such high expectations coming off the Kessel deal. I, I just, I still, I, I've said this a couple times on the podcast. There isn't anything about the Penguins' depth that puts fear in me. Do, do you think they should have done more? Or is it a situation where they just did not have enough pieces? I, I mean, I don't know if it's something that they didn't have enough pieces, but maybe the trade pieces on the other side weren't out there. I mean, with with the talent that they have up front, they're pretty tied up on the cap side. Even with Toronto re- uh, retaining some of Kessel's contract, like you, you got to make it even on both sides to make the cap hit work. And you know, like I said before, the trade deadline, these top of the line people, you got to find the role players that really fit into where you're going to go in the future. And I I don't really know what they missed out on that they could have gotten with what they had to offer. That's fair. Now, let's do a little forecasting in the East, because that, I think, is what we know best. Anyone the rest of this season we should be more focused on that maybe Ryan and I haven't talked about on previous podcasts? Well, I mean, I, I've obviously been following the Eastern Conference, especially the wildcard standings, being a Devils fan and seeing them in the mix for most of the year. I was quite surprised today to wake up and see that Philadelphia was tied with the Devils at 67 points and just a few points out of the playoff spot. Um, it looks like Pittsburgh's won tonight, so that changes things a little bit. Um, they both have the same number of games played. But really, I don't know who's going to push up and get there. It seems like the teams that are in right now um, are going to be pretty set there. Unless Philadelphia can make a real push and one of these teams like Boston or Detroit or Pittsburgh kind of falls off. Um, I think the eight teams that are in the wild card picture for the East right now are kind of going to be there at the end of the year. It's just a matter of where they fall and you know who might have to transfer conferences for the first two rounds. Um, but I don't. It's very hard to give up those points once you have them and gain them when you don't. Um, so I don't really know if there's going to be too much shifting around there. Final question, at least on my end, Jeff. Do you, as a non-Ranger fan, see a way for the Rangers to knock off someone like the Capitals and make it back to the Stanley Cup this year? It, it's hockey, Greg. You you know that it's hockey. All you have I just to wanna, do. I just want to hear you say it. I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> all all you have to do yeah. is get in there, and then once you get into that matchup. It's a game-by-game basis. Anybody can beat any other team on any given night. Um, when I talk to our people like our friend Mike Arjema, who's a Boston fan, and he's pissed that they didn't trade Louis Erickson, you know, they didn't really make a deal that kind of pushed him forward, even though they're in the playoffs as we speak. I think that once you get in there, you just take it a game at a time. I mean, I, I would predict at least five of the first round matchups go to at least six or seven games. Like it's not that different once you get in there. Cause playoff hockey, as we know, is like a completely different animal. Everybody plays real tight. It's a little more physical, you know, scoring goes down. So the goaltending really makes a difference. And, you know, Rangers definitely have the goaltending capitals have it too. And they have the scoring as well, but it's not like it's completely impossible for the Rangers to beat the capitals. So you just have to do that four out of seven times, and then you're on to the next round, and it's a kind of clear sailing from there. I just want you to know 
that we now have that on recording, and I will be bringing <laughs> that up at all times with you for the rest of however long it needs to be brought up. Listen, they, a few years ago, the Kings won the Stanley Cup as an eight seed. Nothing is impossible when it comes to playoff hockey. Uh, don't, why'd you do that? <laughs> that hurts so much. Uh, I'm going to ignore no, what you no, said. No, they beat... They beat the Devils as, as an oh, eight seed. Oh yeah, sorry. They they were a four seed when they beat the Rangers. I forget. I don't even know. I block, we, I block we, it out of my mind. Me we too. both fall, we both fallen victim to them. And if Steve Bernier didn't get a fucking boarding major call and kicked out of the game in Game Six of 2012, the Devils actually might have had a chance to tie it up and go to Game Seven. If Kreider could just put leave. if Kreider could put a puck in the net. We would have won those OT games. Listen, he, he puts himself <laughs> at the net when he goes into the goalie. Oh, so it's, he's dirty it's... talking. <laughs> hey, um, I, I have a question. I had to. I had to. So. I, have, I have a very important question now that we've asked everything that's really actually important. Is a, is a hot dog a sandwich? Hot dog is not a sandwich. There we go. Crazy. <laughs> there it is. Get, get, get off my podcast <laughs> right now. That's, that's all I needed to hear. Uh, Jeff, what's your favorite candy? And wait, I have a better question. Uh, do you like Almond Joys? I do not like almond joys. Okay. Okay. Coconut is my thing. My my favorite candy would be a Snickers bar. Okay. Take five still the best for me. Anyway, uh, this has been uh, a great recap <laughs> recap of or recap I should as I should say you know of uh, the Eastern Conference and the trade deadline, which really was uneventful to be honest. It always is. It always is. All right. Well. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll see everyone on net- next week's show. Greg, before we go, I have to ask you a quick question. You're not going to be here next Monday, right? I will not. I will be in Norfolk, Virginia, covering the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference men's and women's basketball tournament. Wow. Ben State. You are a true national hero, and I hope everyone supports you. Uh, that being said, I have a, a very exciting announcement. I'm looking for a new co-host for next Monday. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I will be asking you, the listeners, to join me on next Monday's edition. I will be posting this week, and uh, I will have a schedule where you and I or the listeners, can we can Skype, we can hang out, we can talk a little bit of Rangers, and I'm going to edit it all together and make one fan podcast. And maybe we'll even have Jeff back on. Oh, look at that. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> So you're, I hope giving, I, you're giving him. You're giving him too much ego. Oh, you got to pump the brakes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to work a job. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, maybe next week it'll be a. Uh, maybe it'll be good <laughs> with with other people that aren't you. So we'll see how it goes. Ah, that's fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. But I love you, buddy. Uh, we'll see everyone next week, except Greg. Uh, thank well, you, guys. Thank you guys for having me on the podcast. Jeff, thanks really for being on. I really appreciate it. it. Uh, good luck with everything. Bye, bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.